Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. With the Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Welcome into Brewcast for Amazing Brew on the SB Nation Podcast Network. I am Luke Giardi, joined as always by Anthony Broom and Chris Castellani. Should be a fun one here today with you on Monday night. Headed into Tuesday, national championship uh, taking place tonight, and hopefully soon we'll be uh, watching the Wolverines in one of these national championship games. But uh, I guess don't hold your breath. But uh, and anyways, we got to talk a little hoops here on the show tonight. As I welcome in my partners, guys, how we doing? Um, okay, I guess there's not a ton going on. Michigan hoops doesn't play until Friday now, so I guess it's a little bit of a reflective period for us here. Um, and we'll do that. Season is just about uh, just about half over now in terms of regular season. So I feel like that's enough to to give a bit of an evaluation. Uh, I've been listening to a lot of Rush. I've been bummed out about um, Neil Peart passing away over the weekend, or well, it was last Tuesday, but we found out on Friday. So um, other than that, people are mad online. Uh, the Lions are doing Lions things. Oscar nominations always get people riled up, so um, I, I guess for now this is a bit of a safe place. So um, welcome into our little bubble. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, like you said, I mean that we're in kind of a, a bit of a I wouldn't say a dull period, but it's undeniable that when football ends and we're kind of in mid-January right now, that there's not a a ton going on. Though I do think this most recent week of Michigan basketball was, was telling because last week they came up, we talked about them after they came off the loss uh, at the hands of the Spartans this week. 
They played two games, once again, without one of their best players in Isaiah Livers, and there's kind of a lot to take away, I feel like, from both these games as far as where where this team is right now and where we think they can go. Because, yes, the injury to Isaiah Livers stinks, and missing him has been a huge blow to this team, but it's very apparent watching this team over the last, really, month-plus now that there are much bigger holes that even a healthy Isaiah Livers can't fill at this point. Yeah. Yeah. Really hot take. Hot take quickly. Uh, I don't think we're going to... I just don't foresee us being going into 2020 where uh, we have lots of stuff to talk about into mid-June. Um, maybe Michigan baseball surprises us again, but I don't know. Uh, I don't think this year is going to be quite as newsworthy. Uh, just a hot take. That's that's a fair take. I You know what? I kind of hope it's not outside of you know successful things. I, I like talking about the good news. Not so much the bad, which uh, we we could potentially have here this off season. You know, we we've had some pretty troubling Michigan football off seasons uh, with attrition and whatnot. But I think that pretty much is settled at this point. But talking a little bit about basketball, talk a little bit about hoops, and going back to that Minnesota game. Yeah, first of all, you got to find a way to get a win on the road in the Big Ten at some point. I, I feel like they really let one slip away, but uh, it, it's kind of frustrating. Um, and I, they've been successful early on this season. I don't have any problems, you know, with uh, the team or the coaching staff or anything like that outside of maybe a little stubbornness that I've seen two straight games and opposing forward has gone for 30 plus points because Michigan refuses to double down low at any point. You don't have to do it all the time, but every once in a while, no digs, no doubles, uh, nothing to the sort. Juwan Howard has been really stubborn in this aspect and John Teske, I mean, he's a great defensive player, but if you're one-on-one in the post, it's really hard to defend these guys without fouling. So he's doing his best to do that, but they're getting eaten alive. Him, Austin Davis, Castleton, they're all getting eaten alive because of the coaching staff's stubbornness in their philosophy on uh, you know, guarding in the post. And, and it's just one of those things that is so frustrating to watch that I really hope moving forward that they take care of or else, I, I don't know, man, it could be a long season. Yeah, and the thing about that too is, first and foremost, like, I, I'll give them, this is going to sound like an excuse, but I'll say it anyways. At least you can sort of, like, you can say that the guys that Michigan's getting beat up by these guys aren't scrubs. They're they're good players in their own right too. Um, so I mean, you tip you tip the hat to them for that. I mean, it's not just been two straight games. I mean, Xavier Tillman last week had had a big game against them. Luca Garza, a guy they'll see again on Friday night, was a guy who had forty four, I think forty four and ten against yep. them back in December. Um, it's a bit of a troubling trend. It, it is uh, it, to the point where. You thought that, I mean, after the Purdue game on Thursday, Juwan Howard comes out and tells us, listen, those 37 points that we gave up to Trevion Williams, I gave those up. John Teske did not give those up because I'm stubborn, and, and we have to, you know, I'm stubborn, maybe need to consider making a change there. So you thought maybe, okay, Sunday, you'll come out, at least mix it up. I mean, it's it's sort of like... Um, I can see this being the new crossing route. This would be the new crossing route buzz term um, that Michigan <laughs> fans kind of latch on to. It's kind of like you may like just 
mix in some different things to, to throw them off balance, which to Don Brown's credit this year, mixed in some different coverages. It worked sometimes, it didn't. But at least at times it was a different look. Uh, Juwan Howard is coming from a background where if you double a post player in the NBA, he's going to kick that ball out and and someone on the perimeter is going to make a shot because that's the type of game that NBA teams are playing right now. And there are there are some good shooters in the Big Ten and guys that can burn you if they are left open from the perimeter. But at the same time, um, you got, you got to do something there. I mean, send send a double team, do something. It's not working, and it's been – it's been exposed, and it's it's one of those things too where, you know, you, you go back and you look at these games, um, and really just look at the body of work in general. John Teske was one of the best post defenders in the conference last year, and he's been a good post defense or defender in his career. At some point too, I know the scheme's not great. He's got to be a little bit better too. Uh, he's a senior. I think at times in, in games this year, he's kind of disappeared. Uh, on both ends of the floor. Xavier Simpson, he knows what the limitations of this team is, and he's had to take over in some of those moments. John Teske hasn't really done that yet. And, um, you know, I don't want to say I'm disappointed in him or anything like that, but um, when we talk about what this defensive issue for them is right now, um, I mean, one, it's on Juwan Howard and his staff to adjust. I mean, I know he's a first-time head coach, but... He's got Phil Martelli sitting there right next to him. He's got guys that have been assistant coaches before. Uh, He's a guy on staff in Saudi Washington who was part of a team the last few years that was one of the best defensive teams in college basketball. I know Uclock. I can't say it. I know Yaklich isn't there. I know that things are different. The system's different. But these guys, they've got five days now. I mean, five or four days between games to, to practice something, to try something different. And yeah, there are some of the some of the issues they have right now are going to be offset when Isaiah Livers comes back. And again, he he's what do you want to say? He strained his groin. It's a it's a minor tear. What he has is anywhere from a two week to a six week injury. I believe we're in week three right now, so it wouldn't be a surprise to not see him play this week again. Um, but it's one of those things where, with or without him, you just have to find a way. And and like like Luke. Um, Luke, you kind of said this. That was a, this game on Sunday was not like these other games that they've played on the road, where shots weren't falling, just things weren't going their way. This was a winnable game that they let slip away by giving up some big runs at the end of both halves of basketball. So um, I haven't really been disappointed in any losses that Michigan's had this year. Um, this one on Sunday against Minnesota, a team that was eight and seven coming in, that would fall into that category for me disappointing i pretty much agree with everything both of you guys said i don't really want to reiterate it uh, what's been happening to john teske down low has been very discouraging and i as you stated i don't put it all on him or even a lot of it on him juan's got to adjust i mean that's three guys that have gone up against teske now I, that have put up 30 plus uh and Tillman played a very good game against him as well. Uh, didn't go for the numbers that the other three guys did, but either way, it's very apparent in one-on-one situations down low that John Teske just does not have uh, the strength defensively to 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 stick with those guys. And John Teske, I feel bad saying this because Teske's been very good this year and has the last couple years, and he's going to play in the NBA very soon. He's a very, very good 
college basketball player. He's going to be a, a, a solid NBA player as well. I like him a lot, but it's undeniable that the reason they lost yesterday and the reason they near, nearly lost to Purdue was the fact that down low they were getting dominated and he just happened to be the guy that was guarding all these guys. Um, I will say, and this is very unlike me to see the positives in anything, but I will bring bring this up. I think there have been some positive developments in the wake of the liver's injury, and I agree with you, Anthony. I think the severity of the liver's injury is is bigger than they've let on. I don't think he's that close to coming back. This is speculation on my part, but like he just stepped on a bat on a basketball court for the first time, like a couple days ago. Yeah. Uh, I, I don't expect him to be back really anytime soon. Nor do I think he'll be back this week. But if we are talking positives, which I will bring that up, unfortunately, I feel bad for Xavier Simpson because the way the Big Ten is arranged and the way that the state uh, of Michigan is arranged, he's going to continuously be in the shadow of the other point guard who plays in this state. But Xavier Simpson has played some phenomenal basketball this season and carried them into that win against Purdue. He was fantastic down the stretch, getting big buckets, driving, scoring, even hitting some big threes, dishing it out. He's been awesome, and he was great yesterday. I think Franz Wagner has found his stroke yesterday as well. Really good game, was hitting some big-time shots, kept them in that game, a game they should have won. And where that game was lost yesterday, unfortunately, was, as you brought up, Anthony, in the last three minutes of both both halves, they gave up big runs. And I was worried at the end of the first half because I felt like they played too well to only be up by one on the road uh, against Minnesota yesterday. And ultimately, that kind of cost them. They were also tied at 57 with about four minutes left and had four or five really good looks from three and bricked all of them. Another thing that hasn't been brought up, and I feel like I've been the only one kind of picking on this guy, and I feel bad about it to a little bit because I do like him, Eli Brooks has not been the same player really since the Bahamas. I, he, it, hasn't, he was, it hasn't been only you, buddy. <laughs> uh, I know, but I, I know, but I, I that's fair, I, I guess. Yeah. All right. Fair enough. Uh, but Eli Brooks has, I guess maybe I'm one of the only ones who's, who's, who's disappointed or surprised by the fact that his minutes really have not, I don't, at least I don't think, maybe I'll look it up, haven't taken that much of a hit. And no, uh, I am as big a David DeJulius guy as anyone right now. I think DeJulius is a game changer. I think when he's in the game, you know he's in. I I need to maybe watch closely. I will never claim to be the basketball expert that I am at, at baseball. Maybe Eli Brooks is an elite defender and maybe that's the reason why his minutes continue to stay pretty much the same and why he played I think more, almost, if not more, twice as many minutes as so, DeJulius did yesterday. The, the minutes yesterday broke down. Uh, Brooks played 32. DeJulius played 21. Okay, so it wasn't quite twice as much. DeJulius got, a, got in a little bit there at the end. But still, um, this is a team that, while, yes, is struggling defensively as well down low, um, they need scores, especially with Livers out. And I think DeJulius is the guy who provides that. I also think he's versatile. Because I, I can see him playing the one and the two, which is something that Brooks can't do right now. I think he's more of more of a, a forward, more of a wing. Um, so I, I think that's the other thing. Outside of the the struggles down low defensively, 
Um, Juwan's got to figure out some of these guys' minutes right now because this is not as I do think this is still a deep basketball team. They aren't nearly as deep in Big Ten play as they were earlier in the year. Some of these guys, either their confidence has decreased or they're just going up against better competition or both. But it seems like some of these guys have been struggling more than they were earlier in the year. And I think Juwan's got to kind of figure that out, who's going to be getting minutes at this point, especially when you're thin in regards to the guys who can score. Well, to your point, Chris, on Eli Brooks, he is playing 81% of the minutes uh, in conference play compared to uh, David DeJulius, who is playing about 51% of minutes during conference play. So uh, I agree with you. I'd love to see DDJ get a little more run than Eli Brooks. Eli Brooks in conference is shooting uh, four of 21 from three. It's it's not good. 19% from three here in conference games. It, I mean, I don't know exactly why he's out on the court. I do have some concerns about David DeJulius defensively, but right. I, I mean, at the end of the day, he offs at least he offsets it with being aggressive on offense. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Uh, right. Eli Brooks has just disappeared. Anthony with the with the great tweet, you know, from the end of the half uh, against Minnesota when he got absolutely hammered. No idea how it wasn't called, but you put it perfectly. You kind of forget that he's out there because he doesn't really make an impact on the game. But but I think to your point, Chris, and I think the reason that they're not so deep is the effect of Isaiah Livers, and it, it doesn't seem like it is that. I, I don't know it, that it should be that much of a difference, but when you have all these guys that can pretty much play any of these positions, you know, interchangeable like that, it, it takes the opposing team's best perimeter defender and puts it on someone else, and then that gets shifted. When he, yeah. when Isaiah Livers is out there, he takes the primary defender, you know, and that opens up Franz for, like, the second defender, Xavier for the second defender, whoever they want to put, and it's, it's almost like a domino effect, and I don't think these guys like Franz, like Eli Brooks, or even DDJ when he's playing the two, uh, are really used to or comfortable going against some of the better defenders in this conference. Yeah, and, and the thing... It is the livers. It's not just a plug and play replace Isaiah Livers thing. He's a guy who can play. Um, I mean, at points under John Beeline, he played the five, but he's a guy under Juwan Howard who's played the three and the four this year. So when you can play multiple positions, that I mean, that has ripple effects through every single lineup combination that that you put out with without him on the floor. So um, you know, it's one of those things where, again, uh, I think I've said this on this podcast before. I'm pretty. Uh, I think if it's a groin strain or, or whatever it is that he's going through, not that we're even close to the same caliber of athlete. I I popped my groin during softball last summer, and it took me a month to be able to do anything again, like be comfortable running on an elliptical, any of that stuff. And um, as some of us lesser athletes know, you can get out of shape in less than a month. So it's it's you you have to be. It's not only just healing, you have to be back in basketball shape too. So um, I wouldn't be surprised if we don't see him until um, until February. And so it's, it's just one of those things where you have to keep kind of figuring out. Now, I feel like we've been negative a lot here. But again, one of the positives, again, and uh, one of you guys have already hit on it, um, Franz Wagner, with every game that passes, he's starting to look more comfortable and he's coming into his own. Listen, I yeah. know the shot isn't perfect. 
The mechanics uh, of his shots are, are a little bit funky at times, but he's looking less and less like a, a true freshman. That And again, remember, four weeks of his progress was was thrown out for however long he was out because he had that wrist fracture uh, during the preseason. So we didn't even see him until the Bahamas. So to a certain extent, I've used this term on here before, he's been drinking from a fire hose. I think we're starting to finally see him settle down and get comfortable. And, and if he does kind of develop into um, maybe not the lead dog, but a guy who can go get his own basket and, and can be potent offensively, and then you get Livers back, I still think you're looking at a team that you know is one of the four or five best teams in this conference. But um, right now, I mean, we're a ha- about a halfway through everything. Let, let's just call it what it is. Like this is this is a foundational year. I think everyone's expectations that were, were thrown off a bit by three days in the Bahamas. Uh, we were all, uh, all all drunk on that turkey and the trip to fan and, and all that good stuff, all the good feels. Um, North Carolina is obviously not as good uh, as we thought they would be. It's hilarious to see Roy, Roy Williams literally cry about his team every time they lose a game. Um, <laughs> Gonzaga, that, that win's going to hold up, and that was a good win yes. for them. But... Um, I don't know. It, it, at some point, and I'm coming back to, to the distribution of minutes between DeJulius and Brooks. At some point, like Jawan Howard, yes, you want to win at the highest level. You have three, you have two seniors in Simpson and Teske who have done been part of some incredible Michigan teams. You have a guy in Livers who's been on a few really good Michigan teams. Those guys want to win, and obviously you want to send them out on the highest possible note you can. At the same time, this is the first year of a new regime, and you are setting a foundation. When it comes to you know the production of, of Brooks versus DeJulius, one of those guys is going to be your starting point guard next year, and it's not Eli Brooks. So it's just one of those things where, again, they're going to determine these combinations by, you know, it's one of those, you know, who performs well in practice, but it almost feels like you know, you're know you getting a little bit of a, a break here with you know four days between games or five days between games. You know It feels like this is the start of the second season now. Um, yeah. So I would like to see them switch up the, the combinations a little bit. I mean, a guy like Adrian Nunez, again, I'm not going to hate on anyone. All of these guys, you know, I see fans say, oh, they're soft. You know, I don't like using the word soft because soft implies that they don't play hard. They play extremely hard. I just think they're limited by what some of their talent is. Uh, a guy like Adrian Nunez, if if you're going to distribute four minutes to someone in a game, I'm probably giving it to Cole Bajima over Adrian Nunez because I'm pretty sure that Cole, like if I had to guess, if I had to pick one guy that I know for sure will be here next year, Cole Bajima would be one of them. So at some point, I mean, depending on, I mean, this is the craziest Big Ten I've ever seen. Uh, I still think that, you know, what happened at Purdue, not notwithstanding, Michigan State probably will so- run away with this by two or three games before it's all said and done. But from there on out, this is it's anyone's ball game in the Big Ten, especially on the road. Road teams are what five and thirty-two or something like that at this point. So I mean, at some point, um, you know, we're gonna find out if this team is a fringe tournament team or because right now it's kind of feel like you know at one point we were we were saying. Okay, how, how high of a seed can they get to where now it's starting to teeter back towards a little bit of, is this a tournament team? I don't know. Um, they're getting close. They're getting well, closer and closer to the bubble. Yeah. And, and, I, Ken, Palm, and Ken Palm has them at 19 and 12 on the year now. So that's, I, I think 20 is the magic number to get in. So, sorry. Well, I, 
I think there's an important question to ask as we head into the second part of the season, the second stretch of the season, and we'll answer that question after we return on Brewcast. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Back in here to Brewcast, Luke Yardy, Anthony Broom, Chris Castellani hanging out with you, talking some Michigan hoops. And before we went to break, I asked or I said that there's an important question that I think we need to answer as we come into the second stretch because we talked about Isaiah Livers and Chris, you think that they're kind of withholding something. They're sugarcoating what's really going on with Isaiah Livers and his timetable. Let's say that Isaiah Livers is not going to be ready for a vast majority of this second stretch of the season. What is the ceiling of this Michigan team moving forward, presumably without Isaiah Livers? And Chris, I'll start with you. Um, The ceiling is tournament. Maybe, maybe win a game in the tournament, in the NCAA tournament. Right, because this is... uh, you know, you're without your best player and, or, you know, or your best score, you know, because I think probably as far as leadership goes and, and the intangibles that go into this entire team, I, I guess probably Simpson is this team's best player, but your most consistent score by far. If without him to get into the tournament, I think would be an accomplishment. I, I mean, this team is very close to being, well, what's their record in conference right now? Uh, two and three, right? They're I mean they're very close to being one and four, you know, and uh, which you know, not not a lot of teams who start the conference season like that end up making it into the tournament. Now they're backed up by what was a very very impressive non conference. The win against Clemson was are probably the best win by any team in the Big Ten so far this year. This Clemson's only loss. So uh, to me, <laughs> like. Wow. Wow, guys. National title on the brain. It's all right. Something's on the brain. Wow. (laughs) Sorry about that, guys. That was. uh, I never do that. Clemson won the North. uh, Beat North Carolina. So it all comes full circle. Crying. Of course. That's. I'll just let people believe that that's what I was thinking. (laughs) Um, Gonzaga. My apologies. Was probably the best win uh, by any Big Ten team this year. Extremely impressive. Not only beating them. uh, Running them out of the gym. So to me right now, I think to make the tournament, and I do still think Isaiah Livers will come back for the stretch run here, but you're going to lose several more games without him, and it's going to hurt your tournament uh, standing, and they're going to have to try to build that back up once he comes back. So I think without him, assuming he's not at 100% even when he does come back, 
I would say if you make the tournament and lose in the first weekend, uh, I would still call that a success considering this is, as you put it, Anthony, a foundational year. What, what about you, Anthony? What do you think the ceiling is? I mean, I, I think this is the, the ceiling. They can, they're still very much, you know, without livers. I think they're a, a tournament team. I, I do. Uh, yeah. I, I think if you just tread water in this Big Ten with the resume that they already have, I think that they'll be okay. Uh, if you if you're sitting there at nineteen and twelve or twenty and eleven going to the Big Ten tournament, maybe pick up a win or two there in Indy. Um, Hey, a Michigan win in Indy. How about that? Um, <laughs> I think that would be fine. Um, like I said, uh, depending on seeding the matchup, like I said, I, I could see them. I could see them being a one and done um, with Livers. I think they're a team that can gel, can grow, can flourish into someone who plays into the second weekend of the tournament. Probably a team that gets bounced in the Sweet Sixteen, but. Um, no, that's what I would see the say. The ceiling is there with with him. I mean, the floor with him is that they definitely are a tournament team. Um, now, without him, the floor right. is that you know maybe you just you know I, I know that what the standings say right now, but you still got to play Ohio State and Maryland and Michigan Michigan State again and go to Purdue and um, you know it could it could get ugly uh, without him. Like I said, that he didn't need surgery or anything like that. He appears to be moving around fine. He's not limping, or it's just one of those things where, when you deal with a groin injury, you really just have to make sure it's it's good because once that muscle loosens and it's not back into the right shape, you could pop it just as easily, you know, next go round. So uh, I'm fine with them taking a conservative approach. I don't think that they're hiding anything back. I mean, um, you know, Alex Wong and, and John Sanderson and, and their training staff. Uh, do a do a pretty good job of, of take having these guys take care of their bodies and um, so that's the way I see it. But uh, without him, yeah, I still think they're a tournament team. But they might have to yeah, they might have to win a few games in Indy to really solidify that. But you know, there, there's going to be in this Big Ten. I mean, as over the weekend, there were I think like seven or eight Big Ten teams in the top forty on Ken Palm. Uh, maybe even more than that. It might have been ten, but. Uh, it's, it's a tough conference this year. So, like I said, I, it, honestly, it could go either way right now. I, I have no idea. It, it's so hard to predict. Uh, I kind of feel like we're right back to where we were when the season began, except for yeah. the fact that you're without livers now. So, right. The one, well, the one thing I will say that could help this team, and especially help their NSA tournament standing, because what I'm about to talk about has affected, we've seen it affect Michigan uh, immensely. Uh, in you know late or early in March, late in February, whenever this tournament is played, Michigan this year was at their best in a tournament setting in the Bahamas. You win three games in three days. You get really hot shooting the ball. You play with a ton of confidence. Uh, you came out of that with with a trophy, with a championship. Potentially, and this is maybe more of a, a of a dream of mine. I could see this team with the kind of with the shooters they have as streaky as they are getting into the big 10 tournament playing an incredibly good big 10 tournament and boosting their, their seating by four or five seeds, which is what we've seen Michigan 
uh, basketball do in the past. We've seen them go from what was probably you know a 10 or a 9 seed to a 7 seed. We've seen them go from a 5 or 6 seed to a 3 seed with some of their performances in the Big Ten tournament in the past. So hopefully by the time early March comes around uh, in a tournament setting, if they can win one, they can kind of get on a roll, and that will lead nicely into how they play in the NCAA tournament, assuming, of course, they get in. Yeah, and the good news is for Michigan is that the or the Big Ten is going to put in a lot of teams into the tournament, and there's going to be a lot of teams getting into the tournament with a lot of conference losses. And I think right. Michigan, I, I think they'll start to find their footing a little bit without livers, you know, and start to kind of find that groove. I think they're a middle-of-the-pack team without him, but... I don't know. We'll see. I still do think they make the tournament, and I think they sneak a couple road wins in there, and they, for the most part, take care of home courts. You guys have any, uh, any final thoughts to add on this one? Uh, just that I don't think I don't think people should panic at all. Uh, I think that, um, like I said, what livers or not, all this really does is speed up the progression and the evaluation on guys like Brandon Johns, Colin Castleton, David Julius. Um, guys that will be, you know, I know the recruiting class next year is going to be excellent. Whether they not, whether or not they sign or they they're able to get Josh Chris, Christopher and Isaiah Todd signs, like they're going to be good regardless. So, um, these young guys that that may be struggling right now, Franz Wagner, um, you know, a guy who's coming into his own. Those are the guys to like. Don't get mad about Xavier Simpson. Don't get mad about John Teske. To a certain extent, I mean, you want to see them go as far as they can this year, but um, I'm more excited for next year's team, and I think there are guys on this team that obviously will be integral parts to that team. So keep an eye on the progression of those guys, um, and then you know, going into you know, we'll see what happens Friday. Like Friday is another game where I think Kempom has it chalked up as a loss. Uh, Iowa doesn't play a lick of defense, so I feel Correct. like if you can play even just a shred of defense on Luka Garza you should still be in pretty decent shape then again you know this is a team that gets a lot of good looks and just doesn't hit them so uh, I I don't know we'll see what happens Friday night nine o'clock Chris any final thoughts well I'll say this and Anthony alluded to this as well this team is exactly where we this season let me rephrase has gone exactly how almost all of us expected it would go with the exception of three days. And it really, it's really just one day because two of those wins in the Bahamas, in hindsight, really aren't that impressive. Um, it's the, the Gonzaga win or the Clemson win. Uh, <laughs> We're just going to call it uh, that moving forward, the Clemson win. Yeah, sure. Uh, that it has gone down as being really impressive other than that. And that's not to take away from what this team has done. Like that was an incredible start. I'm just saying from an expectations perspective, don't be super. If you, if you find yourself feeling super disappointed by this, the way the season has gone, please don't there, there is. And if, if I felt that there was nothing to be excited about, you know, I would say it, <laughs> but uh, uh, me of all people, the king of pessimism would say it. I am more, I can honestly say, I am more excited right now for the future of Michigan basketball than I ever was when John Beeline was the coach here. And, and that does not meant to disparage what Beeline did, but quite simply, the future, and it, it does not mean that Juwan is going to be a better coach here than John Beeline was. But I'm saying the way things are shaping up, the future of this program is as bright as it's been 
in a long, long time. I genuinely believe that. And don't let the maybe disappointments that have gone down since what happened in the Bahamas uh, blind you from seeing that. That's all I got. Fair enough. Uh, I like it. I'll let you guys let us know where we can find you on social media. Chris, where can we find you, my man? Uh, you can find me on Twitter. That's my mainstay, at Castellani2014, at castellani two o one four. Things have been crazy. I mean, I've put out two videos today. The Astros getting uh, punished with their cheating, with the science-stealing scandal, Oscar nominations. A lot more content coming out lately than I ever expected, and I am fine with that. I think it's been a ton of fun. So please follow me there if you want to see me on Snapchat. My Snapchat is the same as my Twitter handle. And if you want to see me on Instagram, that's ChrisCastle95, C-H-R-I-S-C-A-S-T-L-E-9-5. I don't know what I'm doing with my YouTube page, but uh, if you're interested in watching some of those, the link to that is in the bio on my Twitter. So please follow me on all of those platforms. Anthony, where can we find you? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Anthony T. Broom. Follow the website at Maze and Brew. Download our shows, our podcasts, our content. Anywhere you get your shows, Apple, Google, Spotify, Stitcher. It's all there. Uh, just search Maze and Brew Podcast. Leave us a five-star review. Uh, that's all I have. So thank, thanks again for your time. And you can find me on Twitter at Luke Yardy, L-U-K-E-G-H-I-A-R-D-I. And that'll do it for us here today. Remember to subscribe and leave a review for all of our shows and content where you get your podcasts by searching Maze and Brew Podcasts on Apple, Google, Spotify, and more. We'll be back tomorrow with a new podcast from Maze and Brew, and we'll be back next week on Brewcast.